0: <laughs> and then I, I looked down at my Facebook hockey fans the entire bar was lined with guys No, it does not. I think it does. Well, we do agree that there are many people and places that build the House of Hockey. New episodes every Tuesday. Come on in to the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL new episodes every monday download at the hockey or wherever you get your podcasts from rubber boots what does that mean it's another reason to talk about the hurricanes and this time it's because of something that they did on the ice during the game which is cool nobody in russia is named craig <laughs> What's up? Sirens Center podcast. We are back. It's a regular good old Monday episode. Um, and we didn't have to do any more after playoff games or postseason games, whatever you want to call them, because the hurricanes uh, swept the Rangers. So um, again, new episodes after every playoff game from here on out. Hopefully it lasts a while. Um, but as long as it lasts, that's what I'll be doing. So go uh, to iTunes, Google Play, however you get your podcast normally, Spotify, whatever the case is. And subscribe to Siren Sounder. Um, that way, every time one of those comes out, you just get it right away. Uh, but they should all come out the morning directly after the uh, the game. So um, I think we're gonna have like real game times in the real playoffs now, instead of like noon games. Which I mean, it's cool when it's just like a bunch of teams playing, but you know, I don't, I don't. I'm trying to work at twelve o'clock. You know, it's kind of hard to watch a game. So uh, <clears throat> pardon my voice. Long weekend, came back just just got back to my house after a long drive and uh, I'm beat. If you can't tell, so but this, we do we do the show anyway because I'm dedicated, um, and you know it's what you want. So well, hopefully if you're listening to it, it's what you want. So here we go. Let's get into it, huh? Um, we know who the Hurricanes are playing now. We know who everybody's playing now. Actually, well with the okay. So when you're listening to this, yes, the answer to that question is we do know who everyone's playing um but the Toronto and Columbus game as i'm recording this has not started yet so uh i don't know who plays um uh Tampa yet but either way they're going to get a solid opponent all these teams are good um you know there's been a lot of talk of who would you rather play and look the the i mean let's if you just go through the I mean, the only team I'm not really super threatened by is Montreal, but neither was Pittsburgh, and look what happened. So (laughs) if you just go through the Eastern Conference teams, you've got Philly, who's on fire. Hottest team in the league right now, I think. Uh, Tampa, we know that they're good. Um, Looks like they might have lost Victor Hedman, which is a shitty thing that happened to them. Um, But look at the talent on that team still, even without some of those players that they're missing. Um, And I think they'll be okay. But um, still a really good team, obviously. Then you've got Washington. You know, Washington's just around every year. Um, you know, we know as Canes fans how good they've been, and, you know, they're a tough team, and um, lucky to have had success against them in the playoffs last year, but it definitely wasn't easy. It took till overtime of Game 7, and I think we finally just tired them out, honestly, playing a rough, aggressive style. But a uh, tough team, of course. And, excuse me, then you have the President's Trophy-winning uh, Boston Bruins who slipped down to fourth, uh, struggling a bit in the round robin, not really getting a lot of stuff going. Um, And that's who the Hurricanes will face, and I don't mind it at all. Um, But those are four really good teams. So I think no matter what, whoever you had to face was going to be really tough. So, you know, I I don't know that there's a real deal preference, but, I mean, if I had to have picked a preference, I would have picked Boston because they're playing the worst right now. I don't want anything to do with Philadelphia. They're on fire. Um, I don't want anything to do with Tampa because, well, at least not yet, you know? I, like, I prefer not to play Tampa. If I had to pick two, it would be Washington or Boston, and Boston's just struggling right now. Um, so either way, it's going to be a tough series, but I'd rather play Boston. That's what we got. Um, fifth place, of course, Hurricanes. You got the sixth place team being the Islanders now. Um, you got the seventh place team being in the winner of Columbus or Toronto, both solid teams. Uh, very different styles, as you've seen probably, and trust me, I'll get to it uh, in that series. But um, two very good teams either way. And then you've got Montreal kind of hanging in there. But Montreal has been playing well. Carey Price seems to be back to, you know, Carey Price level of play. And that's intimidating um, for, you know, a myriad of reasons. So that's what we got. Um, it's exciting that the playoffs are, are really about to start. Um and it's been, these qualifiers have been fantastic. That being said, like, I've seen people saying, like, we need to do this every year. Like, no, we don't. We really don't, okay? Because truth be told, uh, you know, Chicago should probably not be in the playoffs. But I understand the thing. It's, it's a weird year. Who cares? Uh, you know, they beat Edmonton. Edmonton could have just beat them. Um, but Edmonton didn't really play very well. And Chicago played much better than they had been in the regular season. So it is what it is. But uh, I don't think we need 24 teams making it in to the postseason every year. Like, I get it. These games were intense, and they were great. But I think it's mostly because we were gone for so long without the sport that, uh, you know, it it was such a thrilling format. But I do i do think that the way the league's done it has been good. I hate this chair, by the way. I hate this chair so much. I'm sure you hear it squeak in every single episode. And there's just nothing I can do about it except get another one. But uh, for right now, we're stuck with this guy. So... I'm sorry, (laughs) but, uh, you know, can't do anything about it currently. Um, But anyway, back to my larger point. Kane's bruins are going to start early next week. I think it's Tuesday or Wednesday. I haven't seen exactly when game one will be of the Kane series, but I believe that the first round starts on Tuesday. So tomorrow as this comes out, maybe today, as you listen to it, whatever the case is, Tuesday um, is when those games are going to start. And... um, It's going to be exciting, and it's going to be a—I guess we could just get right into kind of previewing that series. Um, And, you know, like I said, Boston's a tough team. We know what they're about. Um, Saw them in the playoff series last year, and to be honest, not a whole lot has changed about the team, and they obviously had a ridiculous amount of uh, regular season success this year. And uh, they're going through some struggles right now, you know, with depth, anything. I mean, anything other than their first line, and their first line even hasn't been doing anything because, in general, it's a lot easier to shut down a quote-unquote one-line team uh, when that one line is the only one going, because you could just, you know, focus hardcore on your matchups with that one line. And if your best players are on their best players, they're probably going to struggle to do a ton and if the rest of your team's getting the more lax, you know, defensive coverage uh and they're not taking advantage of it, then that kind of screws you over. So that's why depth scoring, you know, you hear it talked about so much in the playoffs, but it, it it really is so important because all these teams are good. Obviously, if you're in the playoffs, you're a good team. And uh, you know, in most cases, but you're you're a challenging team to play. And so any any good team is going to be able to uh, you know, make it hard for your star players to score. Um, you know, maybe your star players break through and and have success against the defense anyway, or the goal hitting, or whatever the case may be. But everyone, everyone at this level, kind of has that that you know good top pairing and that good you know checking line that they can throw at you. And yeah, pretty much everybody has that. Obviously, some people have it to you know varying degrees, better better pairings than others, and so on and so forth. But I think the Hurricanes have a pretty damn good um, defensive group that they could throw at the Bruins top line. Their goaltending's been good, so that's that's a plus as well. And um, you know, you've got the likes of uh Jordan Stahl and his his abilities to shut people down defensively, and then you've got, you know, Sebastian Ajo, Um and I'll get into what his two way game has, has gone back to, um, and how important that is, especially in this series. Um, but you know, Tavo Teravon, that just that first line, even with all the skill can match up against other teams' first lines. I I truly believe that and, and be successful and um let their defense lead to their offense. So it's exciting. Um, I think it's a good matchup. I, th- I think it'll be entertaining no matter what. Um, and I think a lot of it's going to come down to goaltending. I think that was the story last year when these two teams played in the playoffs. Um, you know, Tukarask was unbelievable. And I didn't think it mattered what the Hurricanes were going to do. They had stretches where they played okay. They had stretches where they, I thought they played good in that series. And they were just robbed left and right by good goaltending. And then they had stretches where they just kind of were, you know, where are you? What are you doing? And the Bruins kind of had their way. Um, And special teams obviously played a big factor. So the the Hurricanes power play and, um, you know, I'll I'll get into it here in a sec with Dougie Hamilton and whether or not he's able to rejoin the team uh, right away or if it's going to take time. But I think that at some point in that series, you will see Dougie Hamilton. Um, And so what he brings to the team, you know, hopefully, I don't think it's a question he'll make the power play better. Um, You know, no disrespect to Sammy Votnin or Jake Gardner or anybody else that would be on the point on the power play units, but um, Dougie Hamilton is an elite power play quarterback in this league. And I look forward to him getting a chance to do it against Bruins um, because, you know, their fans have a lot to say about him, and it's time for him to show, you know, what, they, what they're what they missing out on and, you know, what they shouldn't have done when they got rid of him. Not that they got rid of him to us, but um, the second, the, the you know, the the initial dumping of Dougie Hamilton. Um so yeah, the, if if we want to talk about the keys to this series, like what the Hurricanes need to do to have success against the Bruins, I think I just kind of breezed through a bunch of them, but I'll break them down in a little more detail. Um, goaltending is going to be huge, and so far the Hurricanes have had both guys going and and going well. I think that they'll go right back to Peter Mrozik, um for game one and and maybe game two. Um, you know, I I it it'll, it'll depend on the schedule and and you know how they're playing these games. But I think just like Rob Brennamore said in the Rangers series when everybody was like, why did you why are you starting James Reimer? I had said that, you know, I'm sure that was the plan from the start. Like that's just how usually how they do it. They're like, all right, uh, we are confident in both guys. And so no matter what, like Peter's gonna get this game, and then, you know, unless he's way off or something goes way wrong, you know, he'll get the next game and then Rhymes got the game after that. And that's how that's the plan. So unless something deviates, like unless um, you know, Peter Morozik is nursing an injury or really has a really poor performance or James Reimer is struggling in practice or whatever you know, whatever the case may be. Like I'm sure if, if James Reimer wasn't, you know, having a, a really good training camp and then exhibition and then, you know, practice outings and everything, if he wasn't looking really sharp, I don't think they deviate from Peter Morozik uh, in game three. And I think that they're fine either way. But, you know, why not? Why not give Morozik a break and, and not um, you know force him to play every single game? Not that he doesn't want to, you know. Peter Morozik wants to play all the games, but uh, get James in. It it gives Peter a little rest, um, and it gives Reimer a chance to get in and, and get comfortable. And excuse me, and the first time you'll see James Reimer won't be because you know of some injury or uh, something where he's just kind of thrown into a game cold. You know, it will be he's been there, done that. If for at least a game, and he's had success, and he can he can you know be confident coming into a game because of that past success. So I think that that's I, I do think that that was a smart way to do it. Um, but I think you'll see Peter in this series. Um, and like I was saying, I think that they'll have some sort of plan where if they want to get James Reimer in, I think it's going to be predetermined. So the same people are going to ask the same questions of like, why would you change it up or you know unless I mean it really depends on, um, on the um, the performance of whoever the starter ends up being. Um, but again, you've got two guys that are rolling. I don't think there's a bad decision. Uh, they each have their strengths and their weaknesses. and uh, I don't think that you can really make a strong case for one starting over the other. like I think that uh they both have equal pros um, in their arguments. so uh it's a good that's a good place to be by the way. like when we're arguing about i said that I said this to my friends the other night um, that imagine like five years ago arguing over, which goalie the Hurricanes could should start because they're both playing so well. Like that's an absurd statement to have made in the past. So uh, we like we like that same thing on defense um, with Dougie potentially coming back. You know who who comes out the conversation of oh man, which which you know solid NHL defenseman do we scratch for our All Star defenseman coming back like. What? Uh, and we're already 3-0 and without him. Like, you know, th- these conversations are good ones to have because it means that you have uh, a lot going for you. Um, and if Dougie comes back, there's no question he slots back with Slavin. You know, unless he's, like, uh, needs reduced hours. But, why, you know, don't bring him back if that's the case. Don't bring him back until he's ready to get into it. Because uh, it's not like we're starting out down 2 nothing here. Um, you, <laughs> you don't need him for the start of the series. You want him, of course. Um, I mean... Dougie Hamilton makes you a much better player. So you're going to you're gonna play him if you can, but if he's not ready to, you know, uh, what I'm saying is, like, he should be able to play on that first pair with no question. If he needed to be, like, put on a third pair and sheltered, then, like, I don't think he's ready to play. So I don't think Rob would do that anyway. Um, but, you know, you've got him and Slavin on that first pairing. We know that. Uh, second pairing, I would imagine, would be, um, uh, like, an Edmondson-Shea pairing. I think both of them played really well in that New York series. Um, and I know we had talked a little bit about the possibility of Edmondson being kind of the odd man out. Uh, I think that he knew that that was a possibility too and played his ass off in that Rangers series. And right now I don't really see him as an option for coming out. Um, so that leaves you uh, three three guys, right? Four guys, actually. Um, you've got... I think I'm wrong about that. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. You've got... Oh, Votnin. Okay. So most likely it would be Shea and Votnin on the second pair which you know, makes me a little nervous. I think I'd rather see Shay and Edmondson, to be honest with you. That's just my thoughts on the matter. Um, and then you've got Jake Gardner, Hayden Flurry, Trevor Van Riemsdyk, and Sammy Votnin. So in my ideal world, I think you've got Votnin, and um, this is where it gets interesting. Who, who's out, out of TVR, uh, Flurry, and Gardner? Well, TVR hasn't been playing and um you know if you're if you're not going to go three righties, three lefties then um uh, and you already have a righty on the third pairing then I don't I don't really see um you know where you would need a TVR but he's always an option. So he's always going to be a consideration and I I truly think he'll he'll be worked in at some point. Um Rod wants to get guys in that haven't played. He wants to get Dizingle in. He wants to get TVR in, I'm sure. Um and I don't think that this lineup's going to be stagnant unless the hurricanes are just killing it and you know if if they're winning games i don't think they're going to change anything because rod wants to get guys into the mix but not at the not by sacrificing uh you know wins (laughs) like if you're winning games like don't change anything don't change anything because that guy you know wants to come in like yeah we want you to get in too but we also want to win the fucking stanley cup so that's the main goal and it should be but uh, back to my point. Anyway, I think I think uh, is a Sherlock to play. He's he played pretty well in the Rangers series, um, and in a reduced role where he doesn't have to take on first pairing guys uh, or first line, you know, offensive players, and can you know be used more in a um, in an offensive role from the blue line. I think that he's going to have even more success in this series, and I think he's going to be a very key element for the Canes actually. So look at look for that one uh, in this next series. My personal pick, and this is kind of my um, uh, explanation and thought process for it coming up, is is I would I would go with Hayden Flurry in this slot. And again, this is this is I'm willing to listen to all the arguments for any of these guys. Like I don't, if you think it should be somebody else, like I don't really ha- disagree with you. Like I I think it's the same thing with the goalie. It's like I I think it's a good spot to be in. I don't think you can really go wrong. Um, I know there's a lot of people that hate seeing Hayden Flurry scratch, but like. It's going to happen eventually. Um, so my reasoning for, for sitting Jake, and this is nothing against Jake Gardner. I know that I haven't always been the biggest Jake Gardner fan, trust me. Um, but Jake Gardner stepped it up big time at the end of the regular season. Um, I think through this postseason so far in the qualifiers, he played very well. Um, his defensive game has been good. He's been good at getting pucks out. He's been good at you know making smart plays and, and good breakout passes, and he's done what he's needed to do in his role. Um so I've been very happy with Jake's play. Um and I would never have considered I would never consider pulling him out if Dougie's not in. So if Dougie's not playing, Jake's in, for sure. Um but the this is where it becomes a thing, is that if you have Dougie Hamilton, who's a, you know, elite puck moving defenseman, you've got Brady Shea, who's, you know, a two A guy, but he's a he's a puck moving guy too. He 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 wheels and deals, he's got legs, He his, his goal is usually to skate it out of the uh, defensive zone. So that's another guy who can move the puck. you got Sammy Votnin, who's very much an, an offensive, you know, kind of defenseman. Do you want four, you know, and then rely on um, Edmondson and Slavin to be the only kind of more lockdown guys? Of course, Slavin plays that two-way game very well um, as an, another elite defenseman. Um, so, you know, do you... Or do you feel more comfortable with another guy that you know can handle more penalty-killing minutes? Because you've got to think about that, too. Like, who's on the PK? Um, if it's all those guys, then either Gardner, uh, Votnin, or I guess it could be Shea. I mean, you're just relying on your top two to play a lot of minutes because it would be Slavin and Hamilton killing penalties, Hamilton also on the power play, also playing top-line minutes. So you're playing Hamilton a lot. Um, and then it would have to be Shea and Edmondson and to be honest with you I think Hayden Fleury is a much better penalty killer than um, you know that combination like I'd like to see him in there somewhere and TVR as well TVR is another guy who is a good penalty killer so that's another guy you could see in there and this is why it's a, again it's a good problem to have but this is this is the my thought process is that um, if Dougie and, and Sammy are going to be in there no chance that Jake sees power play time because uh, you know Dougie is Dougie And uh, I think Votnin just is a little more of a threat. His shot is just insane. Um, And I think they like having a right-handed guy up there because everybody else in the forward groups is a lefty. So it just, you know, the more righties you can get, the more different shot angles you can get, and it just helps create opportunities and passing lanes and all that sort of stuff. So I think that those guys are a lock for special teams. So if Jake Gardner's not playing on the power play and he's going to be in a third-pairing role regardless, do you not do you not just go with a guy like Hayden flurry that has a little more defensive upside to his game than I think Jake Gardner does he's a little bit better skater. Um, I think he's probably a significantly better skater but um, that's just because Jake's just not the greatest skater and it just is what it is. Um, Hayden flurry brings a little more physicality a lot more physicality uh, than Jake Gardner not that Hayden flurry's going out there just you know cracking guys' skulls constantly but he has a physical element to his game he has a little bit of nastiness that comes out. Um, and it's necessary during a playoff series. Um, and like I said, he can kill penalties. Now, Jake Gardner could kill penalties, but I don't think Rod wants him out there on the penalty kill. So, you know, um, that's kind of my thought process. That's why I would go Flurry. So my six, and you can make the pairs whatever you want, other than the the top pairing of Slavin Hamilton. I think you go Shea, uh, Votnin, Edmondson, and Flurry. And I like Joel Edmondson. I mean, you could you could consider subbing him out, but I think you need, the way he's played, he's a good, really good penalty killer. You need that. He's a fantastic shot blocker, which you need somebody out there who's going to do that stuff and lay it out. He plays, plays playoff-style hockey. Like, he plays desperate. He's not afraid to sacrifice his body. He's not afraid to go into the corners, make the big hit. Um, you need those sort of things. Um, so, you know, that's why I think that he's a lock as well. So I think that the, the choices between those four I mentioned. Um, between Gardner, Flurry, TVR, and uh... ooh, how am I forgetting someone? Wow. All right. Well, I guess I lost more brain cells during this episode. But anyway, go back and find it. I don't really. It's gonna frustrate me, but <laughs> I'm blowing... I'm going past it. Um, that's the defense. You know, they'll have a tough um, a tough match against. The Bruins high-caliber offensive players, but again, they've been struggling, and you know I think it's going to be more keying in on that first line, and um, you know what Bruce Cassidy does with his with his lineup is another question of how the Hurricanes will have to counter that. But uh, you know I like I like the matchup right now, the way both teams are playing. I like the Hurricanes in this series. Um, the other point is the Hurricanes' first line, obviously had a lot of success, Spetch with the hat trick. Um, five points in the Rangers series, Sebastian Ajo with eight points in the Rangers series really played, um, some of the best hockey I think we've ever seen him play. Um, and you know, he's such a, we know he's such a special player and we know what he brings to the team. And, um, we know that last year, you know, he was nursing, obviously some sort of injury that clearly affected his shot and his, his ability to make plays with a stick. And that's just such a, he's so elite at those things that, you know, it, it, it uh, it it affects him in the game for sure. He couldn't even take face-off, so it's that's a big deal. Not the case this year, and you've seen that, obviously. With the huge break, it wasn't going to be the case no matter what. Um, <clears throat> but Aho, I've always said this, Ajo's elite offensive ability starts in his defensive zone. And when Sebastian Ajo first broke in and had a successful season, I thought from day one, wow, this, this young kid is a, is a good two-way player already. Like he just plays that way. Um, he's a good backchecker. He's good at battling behind the net, as a center coming in down low and all that sort of stuff. Even when he was playing the wing, I thought that he was defensively responsible. Um, and he put up great offense in the year after that, same thing. And then I, th- I thought I saw Sebastian Ajo kind of this season early on kind of deviate a little bit. I think with all the pressure on with the new contract, he pushed too hard for offense because he thought that he needed to do that to, um, you know, make himself worth what he's getting paid. and And it's an understandable pressure. I mean, I don't personally understand it because I've never been offered, you know, eight plus million dollars to play a sport. But I imagine if you were, um, you would feel a lot of pressure to perform. And you know, um, you're in the spotlight for real now. Like it's real deal contract. It matters. It's not just a bonus when you do well. And everyone's gonna love you no matter what. Um, not that everyone wouldn't love Sebastian Ajo, no matter what, but if Sebastian Ajo is putting up thirty point seasons, we're gonna start getting upset. Um, that you know he's got so much of our salary cap tied up, so you can understand the pressure. My point is, he was sacrificing a lot of his defensive play because I think he he think he needed to justify himself with points, and the points will always be there for Aho if he takes care of his own end and plays a two hundred foot game. I know it sounds like a cliche, but um, it's, it's, it's a real deal. You know, I think that Rod has stressed this as well. Your defense leads to your offense. Like, and, you know, I've made this point so many times, but, you know, for those of you who might be new or, you know, it's been a while since we've talked about it, when you're in your own zone, if you can, if you can be, you know, uh, keep guys outside, win puck battles along the boards and then concisively get pucks out, manage them well, don't turn it over to the neutral zone, get good zone entries because of that, then that's immediately setting up an offensive chance. And now you're fresh, and the other team has already expended more energy, and you're in their zone, and if you can trap them for any point, you know you can get a quick line change, and now it's really on. So the defense always leads to the offense. A good a good defense, and especially with a puck-moving defense like the Hurricanes have, will always push your offense. And especially as a center, a cent, you know, the center... I, I'm not trying to, like, you know, go elementary school on you, but, you know, I know that people understand the game to varying degrees. So this, the center is uh, the the most defensively necessary forward out of the three. Like in the defensive zone, obviously you've got the defenseman down low um, kind of playing from the circles in, you know, and it, and it depends on where they're going around with the puck. But in general, you know, they're staying around the net kind of watching those forwards in low. And then the center's responsibility is kind of like from the slot down to behind to the goal line. Um, and the wingers are watching the two guys up at the point. That's during 5-on-5. Five five. That's just how that works. Um, And your center basically acts as a third defenseman when needed to. Like he's interchanging with those two guys. He's the only forward that should really be going like behind the net in your own zone. So, um, the center's really playing the most defense out of all the forwards. And that's why you hear people talk about centers needing to be two hundred foot players because like you you have to, or else you're not going to be as successful as you could be. You know, maybe you're just an unbelievably elite uh, offensive player, and that exists, of course, we know that. Um, But the the best centers. Are going to be, you know, the guys who can come back, you know, get a turnover and then break it out and then be right back down, flying into the other zone, the offensive zone, and force an offensive chance. And that's what Sebastian Ajo did in this Rangers series. I mean, how many times did we see him just steal the puck from somebody, from, you know, not just somebody, Artemi Panarin, heart, heart uh, trophy candidate? Like, that's special. That's a special thing to be able to do. And, um, if he's going to play that way and bring that level of two-way game and let his defense create his offense and then therefore have confidence because he's getting offense like you don't I've always said this with him you don't you don't need to try to force the offense he's obviously very good and when his confidence is up the offense is going to be there i think you get the confidence up by taking care of your own zone, you know, making a difference and making an impact in the game no matter what. If you're just pushing for offense, and we've seen this with a lot of guys in the past, if you're just pushing for offense, you're not going to get offense every game. So you're going to feel useless in games where you're not getting points. And that's not, that shouldn't be the case. You, you Sebastian How should never be useless on this team. If he is, they're going to be in trouble. And you saw that last last year during the playoffs for uh, a couple of games. He needs to be able to take over the game. And it doesn't just mean he needs to get two goals and three assists every game. Um... But he needs to be able to have a hand in shutting down the other team's top pairing. You know, he kills penalties. He needs to be able to do that and create energy and offense that way. He needs to, you know, be good on special teams in general, on the power play and everything. But it starts in his defensive zone. Um, And he did that incredibly well in the Rangers series. And if he carries that forward into the Boston series, I truly think... Well, first of all, if he carries that forward in general and plays that way and the first line can play how they did against the Rangers... Um, there's no question the Hurricanes can beat any team in this league in a seven-game series or in one game, like in whatever the case is. They can beat any team in this league. Uh, I'm not saying they're better than every team in this league. I'm just saying when they're playing like that, they can they can for sure beat any, any team in this league. It's at least a coin toss against the best teams in the league in a seven-game series, um, and that's that's great. Um, that, that makes you a contender. And the other side of that equation is the goaltending, which we talked about earlier, I think has been really good. So that's kind of my thoughts on the uh, on the series, and you know I, I'm excited for it. I hope you are, and um, of course I'll have those episodes after every game. So stay tuned for that, and we'll be able to talk more about the games. But that's kind of some um, thoughts about the series in general. I want to before um, I gotta get going here and catch this Columbus Toronto game because I got 50 bucks on this series, and dude the. Oh my God, Columbus game four. I bet my friend in Raleigh, um, I bet him we bet 50 bucks on the Predators and and Coyotes series, which he said he wanted the Coyotes. And I thought, yeah, the Preds kind of suck. Like, I've watched the Preds a lot um, and they haven't been good. Like, in the last few months of the season, they kind of went downhill. Um, And I know that, but I also know that Arizona wasn't playing great either. And I was like, Arizona's just like kind of eh. like they're just not that good, um, and I don't know. I just feel like Nashville should win that series. I was like, Yeah, I'll take Nashville, and then Nashville fucking sucked. I mean, they didn't play horrible, but they definitely didn't play well, and they didn't get amazing goaltending or anything like that. Like all the things you need to uh, get yourself out of a series when you're not playing your best, and so I was disappointed, and I lost fifty bucks because of that. Um and then we the other series we bet on was Columbus and Toronto. And I was comfortable. I was confident in this one. I was the one who said, I think Columbus is for sure going to win. And you've heard me say on this show that uh when I answered a question a few weeks ago, someone asked me who my dark horse candidate was to win the Stealing Cup and I said Columbus. Um because they're so hard to play against. They're very well coached. They're like an Islanders team that to me has more offensive upside. Um, you know, people talk about Columbus not having, you know, these good offensive players, but we don't I mean the Islanders have not no one really super special other than Matt Barzell. Like everybody else is kinda of run of the mill. Yeah, they exist on a lot of other teams. Columbus has guys like Pierre-Luc Dubois, who's elite, I think. Um, Nick Felino is a very, very good player and he plays exactly the way that Columbus team needs to play. Like he is he should be the captain because he's the example of how everyone on that team needs to play and, and tries to play. K. Atkinson is a very good goal scorer. You saw him put up, I think, you know, at least high 30s um, if he didn't get to 40 he was he was killing it in the regular season Um, you know you've got Seth Jones back now you've got Zach Wierenski who obviously defenseman but definitely chip in offensively and and have stuff you've got depth guys like Boone Jenner and um, Josh Anderson and guys like that I mean it's a it's a good team Uh, I like them a lot and um, I think that the reason why Toronto struggles so much in the playoffs and has recently is because they've always been a team built around their offense, and they don't really always play a two hundred foot game, and they they don't have the ability to shut it down. They don't have that ability. To, that's why you see them blow so many leads. Um, it's also why you see them, you know, do what they did in Game Four and come back like that because they have that explosive power. But they're go, they're thinking offense all times. They don't have the ability to say we're up three nothing in the third period or. Was it three one maybe in the the actual third period when Columbus came back in that game against them? But we're up three goals. Like we don't need to score anymore to win this game. Obviously, we're not gonna stop trying to score. But when the chance is there to get the puck deep or take a risk and turn it over, always get it deep. And you know, always be back. Never let them get odd man rushes. Never let them do anything. Play disciplined hockey and just shut it down. It's not that hard to win a game up three nothing. Like it's just not. Um, And they were getting good goaltending. So it wasn't like they were letting in softy goals, um, so that's just what it is. I, I felt comfortable with that game. So fifty bucks on that one. They're up three nothing with freaking you know four minutes left in the game or whatever it was. I'm at my friend's apartment. We're watching the game, and I'm talking. I mean, copious amounts of shit. It's unbelievable the amount of shit I'm talking. And they score once, and he's like, ah, they're gonna come back. And I was like, yeah, okay. They score again, and I'm like, damn it. <laughs> Uh, but whatever, what are the odds they're going to score a third one? Like, come on, they're not, it's not going to happen. Um, and then what do they do? They tie it up and my heart falls out of my ass. And then we go to overtime and I'm like, well, you know, whatever. At least if they lose, they didn't lose the series, but if just one goal and we can win the series and then fucking Toronto scores in overtime and I literally just dropped down onto the floor in the fetal position and thought about my life for a few moments, um, but we have a chance to win tonight. <laughs> so go Blue Jackets. I really hope you won. Um but if you're listening to this on Monday or any time after it's out, uh that game's already happened. And so if they won, I'm happy. And just know that if Toronto won game five, um that wherever you are, just know that I'm sad wherever I am. Um just know that. So that's 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 where I am. <laughs> Before we go this week, I want to um I want to kind of give you know well, I guess, I don't know. I, maybe I should wait on that. It doesn't matter. I don't think that that team's going to win anyway. Well, if it's Columbus. I'm trying to think through whether or not I want to give picks for, um, you know, who I think is going to win each series before the series actually start. Um, I guess I will, but I just don't know whether it's going to be Toronto or Columbus. And if it's Toronto, I think they're going to lose. And if it's Columbus, I think they're going to win. <laughs> so, um, whatever. I'll do it like that. I'll treat it as if it's either or. So, starting in the East... We've got uh Pittsburgh or sorry. Not Pittsburgh, L O L. Uh we've got Philly and um Montreal. And I think Philadelphia's gonna take that one. Um I think Montreal's gonna give them a run for their money, especially with Carey Price and net playing well. Um if he is. But uh Philly's too good right now. So I'm gonna say Flyers in six. Um Next series is going to be Tampa versus uh, Columbus or Toronto. And you know what? Um, Tampa lost um, Victor Hedman, and I think that's going to make a big difference in their defense, and I think they're just going to get scored on more than they should. Um, so I'm going to go with the winner of Toronto or Columbus. I don't really care who it is. You know, Good, good on you, Toronto, if you win and you finally win a playoff series. Um, maybe this pick is what did it for you. So I'm going to go uh, Toronto slash Columbus over Tampa in seven. Um, so... That's my that's my going out on a limb pick. Uh, then we've got Capitals and Islanders. I'm going to pick the Islanders in that one too. I'm going all underdogs here. Uh, I'm going to pick the Islanders in. Um, I'm going to go Islanders in five. I think they're going to embarrass the Capitals, and it's going to make me extremely happy. I think that Braden Holtby is going to play like trash, and I think that the Islanders are going to embarrass the Capitals. And I hope that my friends over at the Capture Podcast are listening to this episode. Or, uh, Hockey Troll does a lot of editing and stuff for the network. So, you know, maybe he's combing through this one looking for some highlights. And uh, I hope he hears this part and it's directly for him. Um, <laughs> I think the Capitals are going to get shit on by the Islanders in five games. Um, I'm being aggressive with these picks, man. This is like going for money. Um, and then the last series, of course, being Canes Bruins, I'm going Canes. And I think it's going to take seven games, it's going to be a tough series. Um, but I think the Canes will come out on top. In the West. We've got. Who do we got here? Um, we have. Sorry for the dead air. Jeez. What a terrible broadcasting move by me. That's right. Vegas and Chicago. Crazy that Chicago's in. Um, but I'm going Vegas in this one. I'll go Vegas in five. Um, then we have. Um, Colorado and Arizona. Um, I'm going to go Colorado in this one. Sorry, Arizona. Um, I guess I don't have as much uh, faith in the in the West uh, underdogs as I do in the East underdogs, but I just know the East guys better. Uh, and Colorado's too good. I think Colorado's going to win that one also in five. Um, uh, then we've got the Stars and the Flames. Um, I think Dallas has got that one. Uh, I'm going to go Dallas in six in that one. Um, and last matchup being... St. Louis Blues and uh, the Vancouver Canucks. And that's a tough one, I think, for Vancouver. But I do think that, um, I don't know. I think it's going to be tough for both teams. Uh, I'm going to go St. Louis in seven. I think I think Vancouver's going to give them a run for their money. But I'll go St. Louis in that one. So there's my picks. We'll see what happens from there. Um, you know, I'm not doing this all at once. I will. Uh, I will go round by round. So I don't make too much of a fool of myself. Um, but let's go Canes. Hopefully that my one my pick Canes over Bruins is the most important one. So as long as that works out, then we all work out. Uh, all right. Well, I'm gonna wrap it up. Thanks for listening. Uh, again, make sure you subscribe to the feed. Wait, wait, rate and review it while you're there. Um, and that way, uh, once you subscribe, you'll be able to see all the episodes I put out after playoff games. Each time they go up, um, right away. You won't have to wait for them or think like, oh, is there one up? Like it'll just come to you. And that's the way to do it. So go do that um, for convenience sake. Um, Follow at podcast on Twitter. Follow at HockeyPodNet on Twitter. Lots of giveaways still going on. Um, People are winning signed pucks and all sorts of stuff like that. So keep your eyes peeled for that kind of stuff. Um, And I appreciate the support. We'll be back uh, after the next playoff game.